This is Fayette Forward, where we discuss trails, transit, city planning, and anything else that's on our minds. Our goal is to keep Fayetteville moving forward in a positive, inclusive, and intentional way that benefits everyone who lives in this great city in the Ozarks. You ready? Come on in. Hello and welcome to Fade Forward. I'm Nick with my co-host and wife Meredith, and today's guest is a very special guest. Her name is Brittany Johnson. She is an arts administrator originally from Houston, Texas. She's lived in Northwest Arkansas since 2017 and is the first director of communications for Cash. Brittany has held roles on the communications and marketing team and the interpretation team at Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art. There, she also led diversity and inclusion efforts for the institution and its sister venue, The Momentary, and founded the museum's first Black and African-American staff resource group. Brittany has held positions at the Houston Hearts Alliance, Mexicarte Museum in Austin, and the San Francisco Museum of Modern Art. She holds dual graduate degrees in arts management from SMU in Dallas and HEC Montreal in Montreal, Canada, and has an MA in journalism from the University of Texas at Austin. She moved to Fayetteville just over a year ago and is now proud to call the city home. That is so impressive. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, Brittany. And if, if you're not familiar with CASH, the organization works with creatives, organizations, and communities to empower a more inspiring, equitable, and inclusive Northwest Arkansas. We love that, and we wanted to have her on the podcast in part to explore ways that art can interplay with trails and transit as well as placemaking. Welcome, Brittany. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Do you mind just telling us a little bit about how you landed in Fayetteville and how you have this current job that you hold? Sure. So I moved to Northwest Arkansas in 2017. I moved here kind of on a whim, I'll say. I was searching for jobs after graduate school, and I figured, what the heck, I'm going to apply to Crystal Bridges because I've heard cool things about Crystal Bridges. And I got a job. So I said, I'll take a chance on Northwest Arkansas. Sure, why not? And I've moved around a lot. So I said, I'll, I'll give it a year, see how it goes. And it's been six years. And I'm still here. And I still love it. And I find that when I bring family and friends up here for a visit, they're all amazed. And they fall in love with the region in a way that I don't think they understood from me simply kind of saying, hey, this this is a cool place. But it's it's when they come that they're like, oh, it's that light bulb moment. They're like, oh, this is this is a cool place. I, I see why you continue to live here. Also, it's not nearly as hot as Texas. So <laughs> I feel that. I'm from Tyler, Texas. And it's, yeah, I'm always trying to explain to my parents why we didn't go any closer than six hours. And I was like, any closer? And it would just be so much hotter in the summertime and more humid. Yeah. I have been really lucky to call this place home. I found a really great place that I'm not going to let go of in Fayetteville. And so I just, I still love it. Oh, we're so glad to hear that. And I know you've acquired a cat since moving here. If you want to share her name, because it's pretty. <laughs> her name is Janet Jackson Johnson, <laughs> because I have to tack on my last name. When I first got her, she was a little bitty baby. She was about six weeks. And she was just the whiniest thing. She was always making noise, just wanting to be held, just calling for attention. So when I was thinking about names for her, I said, well, it has to be a singer. 
because that feels right. And then she's a, a girl cat, so I'm going to a girl singer. <laughs> and I, for a while, was noodling with the idea of Loretta Lynn. I have no idea yes. why. I just thought that would be funny. <laughs> and someone, I think it was my dad, was just like, what about Janet Jackson? And I was like, I love the triple J. Let's go with that. Yes. So here we is, are. Is it Janet Jackson Dash Johnson? I never. Names. I think it's three names. Three names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have a friend who has a cat named Cataly. Wait, Cataly Portman. Cataly Portman. I love that. And, and then Cindy Clawford. Cindy Clawford. Yeah, and it's a guy. So that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I know this is the content you came here for. Yeah, listeners. exactly. We were, we're going to talk about trails, transit, city planning, art, and cats. That's basically the the best things on earth. Well, sort of cats, but cash instead. <laughs> we can go there. Could you just tell us a little bit more about what Cash is, what does your job involve, and some of the ongoing initiatives that Cash is involved with? Sure. So Cash formed in 2019 to sort of bring together all of the different areas of Northwest Arkansas's arts and cultural world. So we like to say that we think about arts and culture in its kind of complexity, in its whole complexity. So we're thinking about individual artists who might be looking for opportunities to make work, who might be looking for grants. We're thinking about nonprofits who might be doing the same thing, who might need access to resources, professional development, whatever that might be. We like to think about the for-profit businesses that do creative work. So that's an area that I, I think is still a little bit untapped. But we're definitely interested in working with some of our creative for-profits. And recently, we've started working with city governments or municipalities to bring them together to think about this idea of one coordinated Northwest Arkansas arts and cultural strategy to put them in the room together and just talk about, here's what I've got going. Here's what you've got going. Here are the resources that I have. Because... A lot of what Cash strives to do is that sort of putting people together in a room to say, we know that you guys are working hard doing things, but did you know that this person over here is doing something really cool that could help you do this thing that you're trying to do next fall or, or whatever it might be? And so we like to think of ourselves as a third party type of organization that is really just connecting the dots, bringing folks to the table and saying, hey, here you go. Here are the steps that you might need or might be helpful for you to get wherever it is that you're trying to go. I love that. It feels very Northwest Arkansas in general. Everything we've noticed since moving here is that this whole area is very supportive. It's very collaborative. Even within the cities of the corridor, it seems like they all work together. Everybody kind of says, well, I might be focusing more on, say, mountain bike trails, or I might be focusing more on active transportation forms of trails. But we're all going to work together to make sure this becomes a, a cycling destination. And it looks like that's what's going on in the arts world, too. We're trying. And a lot of people are trying. It's not just us. But definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And you said you moved to Fayetteville in the last year, but you were in Northwest Arkansas prior to that. Since you've been in Fayetteville, have you had a chance to use the trails and transit around here? And do you have any uh, stories behind that? I have been saying for the past six years that I'm going to buy a bike, and I still have not. But I do go for like long walks after work, especially during COVID. When everyone was working from home and everything was shut down, that was my sort of, I've got to get outside. I've been in this house for too long. And so I have learned the trails in particular through those sort of moments where I was like, I just got to get out and go. And I would find myself 
just kind of walking and walking. And then I looked down at the Strava app or whatever and realized that I had walked like five miles. And I'm like, oh, okay. It it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not this temperature, but yeah, it does happen. <laughs> so that was my introduction to the trail system here in the region. Oh, that's awesome. Is, is there a trail nearby to where you live now? I don't, well, I don't know. I don't know if I should call it a trail, but I have been enjoying the ramble have you guys oh, checked that out i love, yes, the ramble. love the ramble i don't live too far from the ramble and i, I so i can walk over there oh, and nice. then walk around which is really nice and i'm excited for them to keep growing that out but that's been my my go-to yeah. for the past little bit speaking of the lower ramble there's a lot of art and they're trying to infuse it with art is cash involved in any way with that or have you had any personal experiences with the art that's going in there we are more supporters mm -hmm. in that endeavor in particular. And I think that where the sort of intersection between the Ramble and the city and cash come into play is through the Municipal Arts Alliance, which convenes municipal leaders across the region to shape a coordinated agenda for arts and culture in Northwest Arkansas broadly. And so through this program, we have equipped leaders with policy tools, a national network of peers, a shared strategy that centers city life, public placemaking, diversity, belonging, arts, etc., and we're really excited to see what comes of that initiative. I think that we are interested, I'll say, in being a supporter in whatever way we can. And so we very rarely turn down anyone who comes to us with the idea for a project or a need. Or if someone came to us and said, hey, we have an idea for an artwork, we have the space, do you know someone who might be able to fill it? The, we are happy to provide any and all contact information or whatever it might be to help a project succeed. And so if the Ramble wants to reach out for whatever reason, our director of public policy, Lucas, is phenomenal. He is all over that project, all over the city of Fayetteville's larger art strategy. But those are the kind of things that we enjoy doing is that sort of let's connect you with the folks who might be able to, to get you what you need. That's awesome because if somebody sees art in a place where they're supposed to be spending their time walking around, whether it's COVID or not, it makes them feel either welcome or it can also make them feel sort of unwelcome. And we've talked about this a lot where we'll be walking on the trail in some of the newer sections of the trail. It might be a little bit farther out from the city center. And you'll see areas that get kind of tagged or maybe they're just there's nothing on them. It's just like an empty overpass that you're saying, oh, this is about to get tagged if it's not already. <laughs> and so what are some of your thoughts on things like that? Do you see art as part of placemaking along the trails? I do. And I, I think one of the things that's really interesting is that you notice when it's done well or not, but when there's art there, you notice it. But you might not perceive it, or at least I don't perceive it in the same way that I would if I were standing in front of a painting at Crystal Bridges or, or something like that. But it feels like it's integral to a space. And when it's gone, you kind of see it, like you said, as like a test ground for taggers or whatever it might be. But I think that one of the best things about public art is that sometimes it just it feels like it's such a part of the space that for a lot of people, it... It just feels like the space itself, you know, and I think that it's probably a really cool introduction to art 
in general, right? You see this statue, you see this mural or, or whatever it might be, and it just feels like you're brought into the space in a kind of cozy, encouraging, welcoming way. And that could be for a lot of people, a really strong introduction. Because sometimes I think when you talk to people about art or when you ask them if they like art, people tend to go, especially when they talk to me, because I have a background in museums and that sort of thing, they tend to go straight to like, well, you know, museums, oh, I don't know, or, or whatever it might be. And museums across the country, across the world, sometimes struggle with that sort of like, no, but you belong here. But when you ask someone the same question about a mural in a park or something, they don't have that same hesitation or that same feeling. So it's I think that having art in public places is a really strong way to get art in front of people and create that sort of environment that you're looking for. Totally. And I love the art on the trails. That was one of the things when we first came to Fayetteville to check it out, we were like, this is it's just so nice to look up. And, and a lot of it is local artists, which I love because it supports the local scene. It also introduces you to artists you may not have known about. Like we see art on the trails and we're like, this is so cool. Like I want this in my house, you know? And so I'm like, <laughs> how can I contact this artist? And so that's cool. But I also love how in a way, nature here is art because we have such a beautiful city. And you, sometimes when you have a natural environment and then you add art to it, it takes it to the next level because it's like this blend of natural art and created art. And that elevates that whole place. And then in contrast, in another setting, like we were in Philly last year mm -hmm. and we were walking around Philly and it's not a nature focused place. It's a lot of buildings. It's a cool city, but it's not the same environment, although there are some really pretty parks and stuff. But there was so much public art and it was beautiful and it just elevated even these like normally would be just normal buildings into this whole thing of like, people were just standing there looking up and checking it out. Like half the pieces we saw, people were just stopping on the sidewalk to look. And I don't know, it's just neat. It's accessible to everyone. And some of it was socially conscious stuff or whatever it might be. It kind of makes you think. It gives you a new perspective. And hopefully that makes everybody uh, learn a little. This is reminding me of the unexpected project in Fort Smith. Have you seen that yet at all? Or no. have you had we a chance? Wait, I've heard of it, though. That's I remember hearing about it, but I would love to hear more. Okay. So it's it's been a while since I've been down there, but it's essentially a mural project and a public art project that is predominantly in the downtown area of Fort Smith, and it was run through a collective called Just Kids, and I might be butchering the definition of who that is, so I apologize. But it's basically a public art program in Fort Smith. They bring in artists from around the world to create these large-scale contemporary works in places where you might not otherwise expect to see where because it's very much a city yeah. type of environment right and some of them have been there for years sometimes there are new projects that pop up kind of sporadically and it's just it's beautiful it's beautiful works and i even again going back to covid there was one afternoon when i just needed to get out of my house and i drove around i drove down to fort smith and got out of my car and just kind of walked and it was a really lovely walk just like looking at things there's an app that you can download that'll tell you where the spots are so you don't have to just wander aimlessly. <laughs> yeah. Although you can do that and you'll bump into stuff, but it's it's a beautiful project. That 
is great. And that's something that I remember hearing about it. And I just wasn't sure what it was called or or much about it at all. But I had heard that the public art down there is spectacular. And it's just amazing. Better than you would expect. Yeah. And so that kind of reminded me of Sprayetville. Are you familiar with that project from a couple years ago? I've heard of it. But tell me more. Sure. It was happening here during early COVID, I think summer 2020. And I believe it was by the people who run the American Shaman Kava Bar. And they, I think they commissioned people locally. I could be getting the details wrong, but they commissioned a bunch of different really cool street art around town. Most of the art that you see right now in Fayetteville and surrounding areas is from that. Okay. Yeah. Like this, is it Solidarity? There's one, I think there's a really famous one or locally famous, I should say, but it says Solidarity. I know that one was part of it. And if you go on Instagram and you do a hashtag Sprayetville 2020, I think, then you can see all the different art pieces. And that's one of those things that it felt like almost overnight, the area got so much more beautiful public art. Mm -hmm. And as someone who I have a healthy appreciation for museums, but I'm always cold and I don't (laughs) like crowds. So that usually means that I love to have art kind of like on a trail instead or outside where I can also be under a canopy of nature. Um, Sprayetville to me was like the pinnacle of what we could be doing in an area like this where it's really focused. It's really... I don't know. I guess it really promotes local artists, which I love, too. And it was very inclusive. A lot of the the murals had these messages that were really beautiful and representative of what this area I love is that. all about. Yeah. And so maybe we'll get them on at some point. But the the only negative thing about it is that I don't think they've done it since. It might have just been a COVID era thing. And so we also noticed. So this is another thing around that same era that have you ever been on the Neocasca Trail kind of on the east side near Gully Park? Yes. yes. So there's a little like rock garden along there that I'm not sure if you've ever seen it or noticed it, but for I think it was at its peak during COVID when everybody was home and bored, but people were painting rocks and then leaving them in this one centralized I love spot. That. It was so cute. And it I think it just probably started as a few people did it. And I don't know, maybe it's been around longer, but we've only been here since around then, so we wouldn't know. It's just so cool. Every time we walk by there, it's Talk about placemaking. It's not only just something we look out for, but we take pictures, we send it to friends, and then... There's always new stuff. There's always new stuff. That's so cool. It's so cool. We've added a few, too. Yeah, although most (laughs) of I regret the materials we used because they all, like, faded... And all the rocks that we put out there, I think they've they've turned into regular rocks. <laughs> but it's also, it's just, that's the kind of thing that I think makes this area so special. Like near Butterfield Trail Village that, I'm not sure if it's considered Neocasca still or if it's more of the Mug Creek Trail. Mm-hmm. But there are all these little areas where people put signs and little toys and painted rocks. And it just feels... To me, that feels just as much like art as of course. going into a museum. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's... That feels like even if your rocks fade away, you can always repaint them. Yes. Or it's almost like a evergreen or ever-changing yes. exhibition in nature. Right. Some art is meant to be temporary. Exactly. That's true. Yep. Just like we are meant to be temporary. Aww. Oh, that was deep. That was deep. Okay. <laughs> well, if someone is artistic but they don't consider themselves an artist and they want to be part of beautifying the city or do some placemaking locally, whatever it might be, Do you have any recommendations on how they could get started? I think that's a really good question because one of the things that we like to say as a team is that you don't have to call yourself an artist, right? We understand that sometimes people 
might be a little intimidated by that word, that they might not be ready yet to take that title on and own it. And so we like to say that we work with creatives or artists and creatives, really, because on the flip side, some people are fully on board for calling themselves an artist, right? So I think that there are a couple of different ways that you can put yourself out there. One is our artist directory. It's on our website. It's completely free to use. You can either A, browse who's on the directory, see who's out there, see what they're doing, get in touch. A lot of people have their Instagram handles or websites or whatever it might be. And the artist directory is a really great way to connect with the people who are here doing things. But then also you can add yourself, right? If you want to be contacted, if you want to be in conversation about projects and opportunities, we typically, like I said, we like to be dot connectors for people. So when people come to us and they say, hey, we need a musician. Hey, we need an artist. Hey, I'm looking for a graphic designer. That's where we point people to and say, look at the wealth of resources we have in the region of people who are doing cool things and who have specifically said that they want to be out there in the world, you know, and and then we let you take it from there, right? We're not going to bug you or, or anything. We don't gatekeep for people's prices or, or anything like that. It's just you and them, right, to, to talk it out. So that's probably my first sort of suggestion. And then my second is just to come. Come to stuff that we have. The creative community here, I have learned, and I'm still learning, is very very welcoming, quite frankly. Um, we have, for example, a program called Ground Waves that I love. It's an open mic night. It is specifically for hip hop or kind of genres that fall into... I'm taking us way off of trails. I'm I sorry. love this. But that, I think, is one of the best examples of how open this community can be. Every month, someone new comes, they get on stage for the first time, and the community is just like, yeah, do your thing. Like, we we support you. And there is a – one of the rules for Ground Waves is that you can politely ask someone to get off the stage. But I have never <laughs> – I've never seen that happen. You just need a big hook. <laughs> you yeah. just pull them, yeah, away. pull them away. So I think co- coming out to, to things and just – Meeting people, and I, I won't say networking, right? Right. That, that can feel kind of intimidating for yeah. people. But honestly, just meeting folks is probably the best way to get yourself in that in the mix. And that's not off topic at all, because part of this podcast is community and community building and just everything that moves Fayetteville and the region forward. So very much appropriate and really glad to hear about that. And I didn't know that existed, and I love hip hop, so I think we'll be attending one of those yeah. ASAP. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll be pulling you off stage with the hook. Oh, I know. Seriously. I didn't say I'd perform. I said I'd attend. <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny because we, we say that it's for hip hop, yeah. but we've had spoken word poets. We've had people kind of come on stage and do some R- some more things that fall into the genre of what I would call R&B. It's very sort of open to interpretation, but it's a super cool group. Given that this city is pretty spread out, you mentioned that you live pretty close to the urban core. Mm -hmm. We live a little bit farther out. I mean, quote, farther out. We're like three miles from downtown, but (laughs) it feels kind of farther out from where a lot of the the biggest focus on art is. There's a lot of focus on art downtown. You see a lot around the Ramble. You see a lot around 
probably both upper and lower ramble, but then just the trails, the the greenway section and everything. When you start to really extend beyond that and you go north and you go west and east and everything, you don't see as many murals, you don't see as much art. And because of that, I think there's not necessarily as much of a sense of place. The trails are natural and they're beautiful, Mm -hmm. but what I find is sometimes lacking is the art. And so Mm -hmm. that is where you might find a little bit more tagging. So how can we insert more art into those those places? If if someone identifies an overpass where they live or someone identifies a spot, whether it's getting tagged or not, or maybe they just say, oh, this is just so perfect for a piece of abstract public art. What would be a good step from the cash perspective for someone wanting to see that? Yeah, art? yeah. that's that's so it's interesting that you brought that up because I, I think that that's a conversation that's happening nationwide is this sort of how do we get beyond just city centers or, or even really urban areas, the sort of rural arts advocacy? Because I think when we think about the arts and culture, we really think about people who live in a downtown area who are funky and hip and and not to say that people who live in rural areas are not also funky and hip. Oh, we're nerds. But, we're nerds. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, even recognizing not just that those areas need art, but also that there are artists in those areas yes. living and working and making art who want to be part of a conversation and who want to be recognized and even bring other people to their respective towns or communities. So I think one of the biggest things that Cash would advocate for is getting in conversation with those people first and foremost and not approaching it as a sort of top-down, like, we have plans for you type of a, a thing, but really engaging with local residents and getting their input and asking them what they want to see and how we can best serve that interest. If it's connecting them with people, if it's providing information about grants and other opportunities, if it's private-public partnerships. Another sort of major topic I think that's happening in Northwest Arkansas, but also nationwide, is the sort of partnerships between developers and businesses and property owners and what that looks like, in particular with commercial and residential public infrastructure projects. And I think there are a number of ways that things are shaping up, I'll say, because it, it is kind of a hot topic. But I think from Cash's perspective, we would definitely say, let's get in touch with these people. I know as an organization, we think about Northwest Arkansas, obviously, as Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, Bentonville. But we also are increasingly thinking about Asylum Springs. And we have a few projects that we have launched in Tulsa and beyond. We want to talk about Eureka Springs and, and all of these areas that sort of make up Northwest Arkansas as a whole. And I don't think that there's a solution, or at least not one that I've seen that's kind of the magic bullet. But definitely, we would say, talk to those folks first. I love that. And I love the idea of just bottom up anything because it comes back to the strong towns philosophy of these conversations are best had at a hyper local level. Because if you want to make a place feel like a neighborhood, like a real community, you have to start with the conversations of the people living there. And so as much as I love that Fort Smith brought in all those international artists, and I think that's incredible. I also think there's some value in saying, okay, well, you might live off Joyce or, you know, somewhere that maybe doesn't have a lot of public art. And here you are an artist and you've got skills, you've got talent. 
Maybe you just need a little bit of mentorship or guidance as to how you can do your first mural in your neighborhood, yeah. Yeah. expressing what you think your place should look like. Yeah, I love that. And Cash also does a lot of grant writing. Is that right? Well, we have one grant program that we are kind of taking ownership on right now. It's called the Creative Exchange Fund. And that is a five-pronged grant. So there's Creative Exchange Fund is the umbrella program, and there are five smaller grants for each grant category represents a different artistic medium, let's say. So there's an artist in residency program. There's a grant for people who make theater or who who do dance, people who would need access to a large stage and a theater type of setting. There's a program for, oh boy, (laughs) let's see if I can remember them all off the top of my head, for curation and exhibition. So if you are interested in putting together exhibitions, there's a program for that. There's another for community activation. And this one, I think, was one of the most fun to see come to life in our first year because the people who got the grant were doing just wildly different things and they were they were all really beautiful to see so for example with that grant a group launched a record label another group threw a massive breakdance activation they they brought people from (laughs) texas from all over the place to do this sort of breakdance competition and invited the community and it was Really cool to see. I'd never been to a breakdance competition before, but I thought it was super fun. And I I think the crowd there was really into it. So that community activation one. And then there's the mixtape music series for musicians. With the mixtape music series, you have a free place to play a concert, essentially. We'll pair you with another musician who is kind of doing something similar. And then the two of you will each perform one night free concert, bring your friends, bring your family, invite the public in. It's it's a really cool thing. Last year, I believe that there were eight concerts, 16 individual musicians, and those ran the gamut. We had rap, we had classical music, we had rock and roll. A lot of the performers, it was their first time ever performing a concert. So that was really special, I think, to see some of them. We are creating a space or trying to create a space where it is okay for you to come in and try something and see it not work. We're not going to be upset. We're not going to penalize you because you didn't throw a thousand person rave or something so so that sort of first time concert for some of those performers i think was just like just come in and feel it out and see how it goes and the next time you do it tweak here and there but i love that i'm on reddit a lot and i've seen the similar sort of frustration come up and they say Something along the lines of, oh, the, the live music scene here used to be so much better before COVID. Well, mm. yeah, that's that's pretty typical, I think. But I didn't know that any of this existed, even after going through the website and looking through what y'all have to offer. So I hope someone out there who maybe thought that there was just no hope for the music <laughs> scene, which I think we have a pretty great music scene. But it's great to know that there are all these opportunities that you can do more and you can get out there and put yourself out there. The, the music scene here, I think, is growing exponentially. There's so many stages that have popped up since COVID. You have Rail Yard Live, which wasn't here when I first moved. You've got everything that we're doing at Cash. There, there's so much 
in particular with live music, and there's so much potential for it to grow. So I'm excited to see what happens. And there's also the folk school, the, the folk, yeah. folk school, which yeah. is a really cool new initiative. Yeah. So. And that beautiful, that yeah. beautiful space. Yeah, it's so nice. Before we move on, I do have one more question about grant writing or someone who is going for one of those grants. Mm -hmm. I know personally, I love to write, but I know a lot of people who consider themselves artistic who I think if they said, oh, I can apply for a grant, never mind, not going to do it. I don't want to have to write a grant. I don't know how. And that kind of imposter syndrome gets the best of them. What would you tell somebody who maybe is interested? They're listening to this episode and they're like, this sounds great. I don't know how to write a grant, so I'm not even going to go there. That's okay. I think first, you just have to try. And you something that I always try to keep in mind just in life is that you, this is so cliche and so corny, <laughs> I'm sorry, but you miss 100% of the opportunities that you don't try for, right? Yeah. You, you got to try. And I think that some of the intimidation can come from expressing yourself well and expressing your idea well. And at least with the Creative Exchange Fund, we try really hard to keep that in mind. So we have instituted a number of application workshops, one-on-one -on -one help, one-on-one -on -one support for your application. And we try to make it understood that like we are here to help you. The goal isn't to trip you up and trick you so that we can eliminate you. It's really to help you get the funding and the support that you need to do whatever it is that you're trying to do, right? And I, I think I've noticed that with, in particular, some of the other grant programs that we have been looking at as models or as peers, benchmarking organizations, that it feels like more and more there are that sort of like, let's maybe not hold your hand and drag you through the process, but we are open to answer questions, to, you know, to make it so you don't feel like you're completely alone shooting in the dark and seeing what happens. That's great. Just knowing that there is that support and that you don't have to just kind of silently put an application in yeah. and go, oh, I hope this is what they <laughs> wanted. You can actually ask, hey, is this kind of what I should be going for? That's super helpful, and that's a great answer. Thank you. Yeah. And this is a little bit of a topic change, but sort of involved with what we were talking okay. about earlier. But Nick and I are pretty active in something called Fayetteville Strong. It's like a local chapter of the Strong Towns movement that we've talked about. Okay. And one of the big things that Fayetteville Strong focuses on is tactical urbanism. And so that's like, let's say you have identified a spot in your neighborhood or somewhere in town that just doesn't feel safe on foot or by bike. Mm -hmm. And you say, okay, well, we're going to call upon an artist mm -hmm. and have them help us create a temporary art infused installment okay. to call attention to the fact that this might need permanent infrastructure to make it safer. So, so you might draw, draw a bike lane where there mm -hmm. isn't one, or you might create a crosswalk and it's, it's temporary, okay. but you get permission to do it. And then therefore people get to experience it in a very informal way. And hopefully that leads to the public adopting this as a as something they want permanently and then it gets the city to then invest. Okay. So an example of something like this is we might get to a point in a project where we go, okay, so we'll use the example of the one across the street from us. There, There's something we might want to at some point have a crosswalk installed, mm -hmm. um, tempor like a temporary installment um, from our, where we live mm -hmm. to a park. Mm -hmm. And we would love to have an artist do something like that. And so is that something that you think that some of the people in your artist directory would be interested in doing? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's good to know. And we would, 
if there are opportunities, we would love to help broadcast those so that people can reach out and get, get their questions answered. If those opportunities are public, we would love to help amplify them so that artists can reach out, get their questions answered, apply, so on and so forth. Like we would love to be an a supporter of that. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome. Great. And it just seems like such a great way for a local artist who's maybe never even done something like this to go, well, it's temporary anyway. There's nothing to lose and I can really get creative and yeah. make it, play, you know, a sort of placemaking effort. And then best case scenario, maybe be part of the permanent installation. Worst case scenario, it gets washed away by the elements eventually. You tried something and and you got to see if it works or not. Yeah. yeah. And do you work directly with some of the, like the art collectives that we have locally that, you know, kind of self-formed groups of artists that that pair up? We we try to. So we have two physical locations, what we call creative hubs. Uh, one is in Bentonville, and it's called Cash Studios, and the other is in Springdale, and it's called The Medium. And we like to think of, or I have been describing those as you're sort of like your iceberg, right? If you think of an iceberg, there's the the top part that you can see and then the massive part below that you can't. And so I think when we talk about what cash does there's a lot under the surface that you can't see and then the creative hubs are the part that you can right that's where we welcome people in that's where people exhibit their work that's where people throw parties or whatever it might be and so we have offered the space and had the space be used by local art collectives, by groups who are looking to throw up exhibitions or showcase their work in whatever form. And, and we love doing that. We love bringing people in. An example of this would be a local group called Parallel. And it's there are a, a lot of L's in the <laughs> Parallel. But we hosted them in July at the Medium. They had an exhibition and they've been doing pop-ups around Northwest Arkansas. They'd had one at Likewise, they, they had one at the Medium. And, and so that sort of thing we, we love doing and we love being able to offer the space for that. We try to be really transparent with pricing and give people a fair rate based on what they're bringing in and what they expect to earn and that sort of thing. So I think that that is probably one of the best ways that we engage with the local visual art scene in particular. Awesome. Thank you for that. Yeah. And in terms of performing arts, are you involved in that scene as well? To a lesser extent, I think. Uh, well, it's when you when you take the like live music part out of it, because we, we do have a really strong sort of, I think, foothold in music and musicianship. But when you think about things like ballet and theater, that's still kind of a developing area for us. There's there are a lot of subcategories or mediums for what art is. I think that's an area where the group that is bringing those performances to light could come to us and say, like, we need help booking this. We did that for the Format Festival. They came to us and they said, we would like to have a local art presence at the festival can you tell us who we should reach out to? And we gave them a giant list and said, here here are the people who are doing music in Northwest Arkansas. And they kind of then took it and ran with it and reached out and negotiated contracts and all that that sort of thing. So we absolutely do do that for even for the local art scene, not just for format. Well, one of the reasons we are so interested in performing arts, and I kind of use that to encompass both, like you said, ballet, things like that, and then also musicians, is 
We love when it's Friday afternoon and we happen to be out on our bikes and we get to go through the ramble and there are people playing the flute or on their, you know, on violins and string quartets and everything. And we always come back to the whole hyper-local placemaking. Do you see there being value in having some more of those sort of local performances as the city grows? You know, this podcast's all about the future. So... As the city grows and we get more and more focus on just growing outward and building upward, do you see that there's value of other spots along the trail as we build things out, having more of these little mini kind of pop-up performances? Absolutely. 100%. One of the things that I think is really cool is that experience that you just mentioned of kind of stumbling upon something really beautiful. And of course, you know... And most people, I think, would know that on the back end, those things don't just happen, right? Right. It takes planning and coordination and and everything. But I love that sort of feeling of, oh, I was walking along the trails and I saw an artist that I am familiar with or, or that I wasn't at all familiar with and absolutely went and found them on Spotify or wherever. Or I went to dinner and we went and grabbed a drink and there was music at both locations and it was fantastic. And so that sort of kind of happening upon a really great local art scene, whether it's visual art, whether it's a musician, whatever it might be. I I love that. And I think there's absolutely room for more of it. Yeah. We've thought about that a lot, just the way They've really worked on making this kind of almost a beltway, mm-hmm. but with the trail system. And it's about to be complete. Yeah, Once yeah. they finish that mission section, it'll basically be a giant loop around Fayetteville. And just thinking about how cool if you could stop along the trail on your ride or walk or however you're getting around scooter and say, oh, here's somebody selling some lemonade. And right next to them is somebody d- demonstrating their art or performing or anything else. It just seems like such a cool way to, like you said, just kind of stumble upon art. And it feels like it's stumbled upon. Absolutely. But as you said, it, it takes a little bit of planning and foresight. I, I think one of my favorite things about this community, Northwest Arkansas, is that you then see those people again and you can continue mm-hmm. to support them because Northwest Arkansas is large and it's growing. I just happen to be from the fourth largest city in the country. <laughs> yeah. So I would still call it small. <laughs> you see that person at the supermarket. You see them at the farmer's market. And people are so nice. You can get to know that person as a person and not just a performer, which is also really cool. It feels like a true community in that sense that you will absolutely see that person again. We have we've had that exact same experience. And that's how and we met you, Creative Mornings, <laughs> right? I think we saw you at the we saw you at something with the maker space at oh, the yeah, library. Yeah. And I think that's where we first met. I making so. the bookmarks. It was a Creative Mornings yes, outing. It was an outing. That's right, that's and right. then we saw you at a few more events and started to be like, oh, there's Brittany. Like, Let- we, let's be friends. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm already kind of interested in cat sitting for you, but Amazing. we can talk about that afterward. <laughs> Janet Jackson needs some good attention. She, she yeah. does. Yeah. <laughs> we love cats. Well, what are some dream improvements you would have to the trail system? I know you're not a huge user of them, but in terms of maybe even how art is incorporated into them, if you could kind of wave your magic wand and make something happen, what could be something really cool? Mm, That's a good question. I think probably the biggest thing is a little bit more space to kind of sit down and relax and watch a performance maybe i'm not biking from here to bentonville or anything like that but 
um, that sort of opportunity to sit down and relax and take a break before you keep going, maybe that would be cool. Yeah. We agree. I love that. I mean, we talk about this all the time. Just the idea of being able to stop somewhere, fill up your water bottle, yeah, catch a, you know, even if it's just a little tiny bit of music or somebody selling some bracelets or just yeah. something where it's like you said, you could meet someone new, you could see somebody's exactly. art. Yeah. Oh, that makes me think of, okay, have you ever done the, the High Line in New York? No. no. Okay. So the High Line is super cool. It's pedestrian only, I believe. It's far too congested for bikes, but it stretches from through Chelsea, I believe, that side of the city. And you're elevated on a walking path, so you're above the traffic, so you never really have to stop. So if you're not careful, you can walk really, really far. Yeah. Um, and I have gotten on at like the Hudson Yards area and walked very far. But they have these sort of built-in moments where you can sit down and there is one space in particular that I'm thinking of that is carved out sort of a like a true rest and relaxation type of spot. It has a stadium seating and then there's a looking glass so that you can watch traffic below on the street go by, which is really cool. And there is not too far, there's a little bar area where you can grab a cider or, or whatever it might be. And you can look out over whatever river is between New Jersey and New York. You can look out and it's really peaceful. Yeah. Um, so that would be a really cool thing to incorporate a little bit more of. Yes. I want that here now. I know, seriously, <laughs> if you're listening. Yeah. Somebody who's listening. Make Somebody this make it happen. <laughs> You need to go take a field trip to New York, and I, I will I will learn the name of the river. Yes. I will learn, yeah. But then who's going to watch Janet Jackson? I know. <laughs> we'll bring her. Well, is there anything you'd like to discuss that we haven't covered or anything you'd like to plug? So I think we've, we've talked about the Creative Exchange Fund in the sense of what it is and how you apply, but... I don't think we've talked about the the projects that will come out of the Creative Exchange Fund. So one of the sort of major components is that you have to, as a, as a result of getting this grant, is that you have to produce a work. So we talked about the concerts, for example. All of that will be starting up in September is when we'll start having people come into the space and start using it. You'll see a lot more events happening that are related to the Creative Exchange Fund, visual art exhibitions, music happening, all kinds of community activations at our Springdale location, the Medium. So I would say keep an eye out for that. The best way that you can do that is to check our website, cashcreate.org. We have a calendar there. And actually, the calendar supports the entire region's art and creative, art and cultural activities. So you can visit the calendar and see what's happening at Crystal Bridges. You can see what's happening at different cash locations at theater squared etc at any given point in time you can see some of the smaller arts venues what they're what they've got going on live music literary events etc but check the calendar and keep an eye out for creative exchange fund events we call it cxf so you can look there for that you can also follow us on instagram at cash create Create is not a part of our name, even though <laughs> I've gotten a lot of emails that are like, hello, Cash Creates. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fine. But Cash Create is our Instagram handle. 
You can also subscribe to our newsletter. I send out a, new, a monthly newsletter in which I try to feature a little bit of what's happening in the community. Again, we want to support those other arts organizations, amplify what they've got going on. But also, if we have stuff coming up, we'll put it there as well. And there's a link on our website, cashcreate.org, to sign up for the newsletter. So there are a number of ways to keep up with what we've got going on. But I think the thing that we're all really excited about is once this crop of artists comes in and and really just starts utilizing the space. I don't know if you guys have ever been to the medium, but we haven't. In a lot of ways, it's almost like a blank canvas and we get really excited when people come in and throw up their I shouldn't say throw up. When people <laughs> We'll, we'll go on Dixon first, and we'll have a, have a wild right, night. Yeah. We'll, we're going to end the night at the medium. Uber, take oh, us God. to the medium. Oh, <laughs> um, when people come in and make use of the space and really make it their own. So keep an eye out for that this fall. Awesome. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And you had mentioned something to us before we got on here that I really think is worth talking about. You're starting, well, you've started a podcast. Do you mind sharing sure. a little bit about that? Sure. So uh, one of my dearest friends here in Northwest Arkansas and I are in the process of recording a podcast. It's called Life Changing Lit, Lit for Literature. And we talk to community members about books and the books that have made them who they are and shaped them into who who they are today. We are really interested in meeting various community members, various people who are doing things in the community, and just learning about who they are through the lens of literature. So we're in the process of recording our first season. We have a couple of interviews in, under our belt, and we're hoping to do a few more before we officially launch a season, a season one. But it's been really fun so far, and it's been really interesting to hear from people about what's made them who they are. Erica and I went into this process assuming that people would talk about Harry Potter or, <laughs> I don't know, Baby Pride and Prejudice Club. or something, <laughs> you know, like very common sort of things that we all read as children. And what we found is that the types of books run the gamut. There are people talking about the things that they read that kind of shove them into a career path or the things that have made them better at their career. We've got people talking about like niche sort of hobbies and how they got into that. Like it's very sort of all over the place, which is really cool. I love that. Well, I'm a pretty avid reader. I don't know if you would consider yourself one, but I plow through books. So I'm so excited to listen to this amazing this Thank yeah. you. <laughs> and I, I know you're still in the process of recording everything, but do you have a rough idea of when you think you might release it? We're hoping for before the end of the year. Nice. Um, keep an eye out, So folks. keep an eye out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll add a link. We'll go back and add a link to your show notes. We'll have, to, we'll have to get you guys on. We'll have to do a, we'll yeah. to do a podcast swap. Let's do it. Let's Sounds do it. good. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, in closing, we like to ask two questions to every guest. Okay. And the first one is, what is one simple thing everyone in Fayetteville can do today to make it a better city moving forward? Oh, I love this question. I think that, well... It's not so much something that is not happening. I think something that we could just continue doing. I I like I think I've mentioned before, I find this community extremely welcoming, extremely kind, 
and just very sort of open. And I, I know that a lot of people are moving here, in particular, a lot of people from Texas. <laughs> I am from Texas. Same. I will own that. We are. I see a lot of Texas plates. But I would encourage people who are just moving here and kind of figuring their way out, and people who've lived here for a long time, to just do what they can to maintain that sort of funky Fayetteville or whatever adjective you want to use to just keep it that sort of sweet, open, welcoming place where everyone can kind of find their way. Well yeah. said. Maybe well we said. should call it friendly Fayetteville. Friend- I like so that. Friendly. I like that. I find the same thing. And I made a really interesting conversation the other night with some people. All of us happened to be transplants from other places. Some were from El Salvador. One was from Morocco. One was from Brazil. And I'm from Texas, too. And then he's from Los Angeles originally. And I made some comment like, oh, we're, we're from the two evil empires. And, <laughs> and they said, stop that. This place is for everybody. And it is it is true. I mean, I think everybody's going to move to wherever they want to be to make a better life for themselves. And so it is our jobs. I think once we get there, it's our job that we show up and then we continue to try to make the city continue to be what it was that attracted us there exactly, in the first place. Exactly. And, and that feels, it feels kind of difficult. Like, so many cities have struggled with that. I mm-hmm. lived in Austin for a time and and Austin is struggling with that yeah. a bit. And so it it takes a little bit of work, but I, I think that's something that we can all be a little cognizant of and yeah. try to work at. Yep. <laughs> well, do you have any organizations or causes you'd like to shout out? I routinely find myself, in terms of restaurants and coffee shops and stuff, I routinely find myself at Arcega's. I think in terms of like when i think about what makes fayetteville fayetteville that that is a place i am obsessed with the fayetteville public library yes. and i i know that they have like won some awards nationally for being amazing and that they are really trying to do good work so i i would absolutely say like keep them on your watch list come visit they have so much and the center for innovation which is where we initially met Mm -hmm. is an amazing resource they have so much cool stuff that you can just play with for free so if you haven't visited the center for innovation just honestly just stop by there's a lot of equipment and things that I we don't have time to go into, but it I swear there's a lot of stuff and it's really cool. Just do it. Also, as someone who is a big book nerd, all of our local when I first moved here, there was Barnes and Noble, and in the time since, which no shade to Barnes and Noble, but in the time since, this region has opened four independent bookstores. Yeah, it's impressive. Mm-hmm. It's impressive, and they're. You know, in the same spirit of community and and welcoming and everything, they don't seem to be in competition. They seem to be supporting each other. Like, that is really cool and really special. And so as someone who is going to advocate for books and book people, I would say definitely check check them out. Give them a little love and support. Yeah, we we bought two books recently from Pearl's Books, which is wonderful. So mm-hmm. amazing, yeah. amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you so much yeah, for coming thank on. Thank you. Really no problem. To you. Thank you so for fun. having me. <laughs> yes. <laughs>